2: All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Wombo Combo Podcast. I'm Bricky CPK, joined as always by BSJ on the Sunday edition here that we're recording the show, of course, uh, thanks to BSJ being busy and all with uh, with some upcoming Dota 2 events. In this case, the We Play minor, of course, you're going to be flying over to Ukraine. Congratulations. I'm sure you're looking forward to that. You're doing that later tonight. Thanks for joining us, man.
1: Uh yeah, I uh, I'm currently in my sleep deprived mode that I purposely put myself in prior to very long flights, so I'm like I'm functional, yeah. but I'm 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 just a tad slow, you know. I'm chilling, okay. I'm, I'm relaxing. Uh, I it's funny because even in just my pre-stream where I was saying hi to all the viewers and stuff, I just I'm just a bit slow to construct my thoughts, you know. I'm thinking I'm like okay. <laughs> translate thoughts to words and then sometimes it just doesn't work and you know usually when i'm tired it's a little bit slower but yeah it's all good it's like i'm in a good mood you know because i purposely did this but it's like you know yeah no i'll let you take the reins today i I hear what you're saying
2: i'm fine with that and yeah that is interesting because i whenever i have a long travel ahead of me i i i I've tried that before, and I don't know, something about it. I'm usually able to sleep pretty well on planes no matter what. So I, because I've, I've, I've traveled so much by now, and I'm a little more comfortable being able to do it. But, and I, you know, everyone has their own way of going about it. So setting yourself up to then just uh, pass out on the plane is certainly a good way to do
1: it there. I actually just... Like like I can sleep normally, but I sleep like a dang baby. Like I had a 15 hour flight. I sleep like a baby. I had the 15 hour flight and I got onto the flight and within 30 minutes I'm gone and I just wake up and I'm halfway there. And I'm like, yeah, this is nice. You know, I'm halfway there. I didn't even feel like that entire first seven and a half hours even existed. So um, at that point, like a seven and a half hour flight, you know, you're looking at maybe I always bring a book. So Mm -hmm. I can read that for a couple hours. You're looking at one or two movies and then you're just there. And that's it's actually I agree. I I haven't traveled nearly as much as most other casters, but I have already gotten the hang of realizing that you get used to it pretty quick. Mm -hmm. You know, it's only after maybe three or four long travel. Journeys, you kind of just learn to cope with it in your own way. So uh, a lot of people, I think they think the flights get really rough and i thought my first couple of flights like god you know those were dreadful but nowadays it's just you know, I, I don't I don't get anxious. I'm not worried or that's good. Whatever. It's just got to get it done. You know, and, uh, one day tomorrow, I'll be somewhere else. That's all I know. <laughs>
2: that, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's somewhere else. Again, going to be in Bukovil. I believe that's all from Bukovil, Bukovil, yeah, Ukraine.
1: I don't, know, man. I don't try. <laughs> just It, wherever I, it makes going. me look
2: worse by trying. So I just don't. Fair enough. Fair enough. OK, so, of course, that's the minor that you're going to be going to uh, for the we play minor that starts on Tuesday. So, yeah, you're going to be flying in and then uh, shortly after things getting going. So that's uh, I mean, you're looking forward to this event, I assume. Are you looking forward it's to working not like with we play? It's a ski resort.
1: Yeah. And which and also like we're not um, required to bring suits, you know, like normal casting suits. That, that you doesn't know, suit surprise me. And we play asked for our sizes, so I'm assuming we're getting all dressed up by WePlay themselves. So I'm looking forward to wearing... I remember watching their tournament, it was either last year or the year before, where everyone was in like a Valentine's Day onesie. That I was at, so, yes. Yes, yes. So I believe we talked about that last week. So yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to whatever garments they choose to uh to dress me in
2: yeah it's i was gonna say uh, that doesn't surprise me we play is one of those organizers that they they have their own ideas and as you said in this case it's at a ski resort and it's i'm guessing it's gonna be a very you know ice or snow theme even you know very winter like theme so i i genuinely am really looking forward to uh just seeing what they put on production wise and seeing what costumes they put you in especially
1: yeah so. i'm gonna look amazing your <laughs> way and I, I mean it's gonna be freezing ass cold there it's like 25 degrees to 10 degrees fahrenheit like negatives in celsius yeah i mean i got a leather jacket for christmas which is nice so i can you know those things are warm i didn't realize how warm leather jackets are uh, i got my ski jacket i'm gonna have to buy some ski pants if i can go ski if i get to go skiing Yes.
2: Do you, you know, ski? I, I mean, is that something that you have I, history? Yeah, with? I,
1: I, it's been a really long time, maybe like five years since I skied. Okay. But when I was a kid, there was there's like ski resorts, like two hour drive from Phoenix up in the mountains. So um, I did a decent amount of skiing growing up. So uh, I am competent at skiing, but would yep. I call myself a skier? no. <laughs> that's fair that's i've yeah. done snowboarding in my past personally
2: but yeah no i'm kind of the same way it's definitely not a snowboarder you know, i'll go in and have some fun and do my best with it but by no means uh do i consider myself Yeah, i'm I...
1: chilling on the blues you know just exactly doing my own yeah. thing you know i'm not i'm not the there bunny to...
2: hills you know with the with the yeah. five-year-olds <laughs> make sure you're okay, not like up.
1: the nine-year-olds <laughs> come on
2: a little older Jesus. okay that's fair honestly, I'm a little surprised they're not having you come out earlier. Because again, this is an organization that loves to do like a lot of content and stuff. So that'd have been. Uh, but you're gonna get there and the next day. You're, you're starting casting. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I've, so. I have
1: no exact. I have no idea exactly what's going on. But I'm just that's. I, I've learned that when I plan ahead for these events, I just get more because usually they kind of mix things up. It never goes exactly according to what the schedule says or whatever. So yeah, um, and- I just. I'm like, hey, I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to know what I need to bring. I, I'm going to know what I need to do for my job. And you probably know more about the schedule than I do because <laughs> I've, you know, whenever I look at it, it just, it confuses me. And like, I expect things. I learned to expect things to be on time and be normal. And then when you get expectations, that's disappointment, et cetera, et cetera. So I've learned that the best approach is make sure I'm ready to do my job, do my homework for the event. But then aside from that, we're chilling. So.
2: You know what? So yeah, chilling. That, that's a good word for that, isn't it? Um, I, I apologize, actually. So it just starts on Thursday. So I guess I, you know, not to scare you. From from what I look oh. at now, it does start on Thursday, that not Tuesday. Better. Yeah, that, okay, that sounds way better. <laughs> not so so you do have a little bit of time to okay to get your composure Ooh. going. Yeah, I didn't mean to scare you
1: right there, BSJ. <laughs> okay. We're yeah, dead. I was like that sounded early, but I, I I don't have the facts to refute you there. So all right. Well, I'm looking at Liquipedia, and that—that's
2: where we're going to help reference us. In fact, of course, uh, this podcast. Not only are we doing doing on a Sunday, can BSJ going to be leaving later today to to fly out to Ukraine to cast the the minor that, as as we just found out, starts on Thursday officially. Uh, but we figured, of course, we would preview it, preview said event, and uh, take a look at a couple of topics from it as well so with that in mind so we got eight teams of course attending this minor um, you're looking at at a cis you have gambit and spirit out of north america you have nip and fighting pandas uh, europe you have nigma china royal never give up geek fam from southeast asia and furia out of south america so those are the eight teams that are going again you look at those eight teams initially now a couple of talking points from the first being we're looking at nigma nigma is No, doubtedly, I don't think in anyone's mind, definitely not a mine. Maybe, maybe, maybe yours, who knows, but uh, they are the favorites this event. It's this is the X liquid squad. Of course, it's kind of silly to almost not think that they are the favorites. How heavily favorites, though, I guess, is the the ultimate question uh, to kind of to kind of go with right here. And frankly, this seems like, yes, you have a couple of other teams that could compete, but I think Nygma should absolutely run away with this event.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of crossing my fingers that they don't, you know, make it, make it interesting. Um, I think the difference between like this tournament and the one eSports tournament now is that for the most part, I think people have kind of figured out this patch, uh, at least to the extent of what heroes are really strong, at least the most popular five to 10 heroes. Um, And that's kind of the start of what develops the meta. So, you know, the heroes that start to get good are the ones that are good against what's good. Mm -hmm. So heroes that counter what are being highly prioritized, the tinies, the dooms, um, you know, the pucks, the slarks, what are good things that are good against that may see more play. And, but teams like liquid, I think they're just going to pretty much put on a clinic for this event. And, uh, I, that's, I'm on the same page as you with my prediction, but I'm also rooting against that happening. (laughs) because you know it'd be much more interesting if you know let's go fighting pandas you know let's go win win the tournament you know so hey that'd be be a lot better storyline you know 50 50 e on reddit you know eternal envy diebacks in game three or eternal envy wins minor going to major you know that that'd be the that's what i'm looking to see
2: that'd be pretty intense um I will say in the sense that this is still a fairly newer patch for a lot of these players Again, as major as it was. Uh, we did have the, the one eSports invitation, but I was checking back and none of these teams were at that event, right? They're just about Gambit was. So Gambit was the only yeah. team and they that, had a poor performance and no, they actually did pretty well. They, they got to third place. Uh in the uh in the Oh event. my god, I'm like yeah. thinking
1: of I'm thinking of the wrong team. I was like, Holy crap I'm like, wait a minute. No, 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 you're right, you're right. You're right.
2: Gambit so Gambit they, actually got third place losing the Fiji game and of course won it all in the end. So they actually even came from the winter final. So so I guess from from that perspective, you do have to think that Gambit almost has uh you know, should have a solid shot perhaps because they've already proven that they're decent on this patch.
1: Yeah, for whatever reason I just like thought of Gambit during the previous major and I was like, Yeah, they they sure. didn't look impressive. Um that but yeah, got. so um the, the weird thing about that tournament was um, VG VG Gaming was most notable because throughout the course of the tournament, it seemed like they really adjusted. I think pretty much nobody else at that tournament really proved to me that they adjusted to to the to the meta. Like what people were doing, all they did was they came in with a plan, and whoever's plan was better got farther. So I thought Gambit's a good team, but um, I'd like to see now. If, I just thought Vichy's drafts were expertly constructed in a way that was like, okay, if we pick puck, it looks completely broken. But if the opponent first picks puck, it looks useless. And I thought that that was like really just impressive to me as a drafters. And I, I didn't feel like any of the other teams did that. I felt like at the end of the tournament, teams like Gambit and EG were pretty much stuck doing this whole draft, or whatever we think is our best lineup for us and we're just going to stop caring about what the enemy team is doing because we don't actually know what to do to fix this like that's that's what i felt like they were doing a lot of mm-hmm. uh so with gambit even though they had a good performance i'm not 100 percent sold that they can do more with the patch than they did in that in, in that tournament so uh i i there's so many questions about every team but Enigma, and that's what makes me think Enigma <laughs> or Nick Team Enigma is going to run away with this tournament. I look at every yeah. team like hesitations. You know, you, you, you got roster swaps, you got NIP who's looked a little shaky, you got Gambit that, that I already talked about. I don't think Team Spirits looked all that impressive. You know, South America, other than Beast Coast, hasn't really proven themselves yet. Um, you got fighting
2: pandas coming off their w e s g victory over you guys recently hey, i mean that's a pretty
1: <laughs> i mean that in and of itself is worth mentioning you know that 's a pretty impressive feat not only did they beat us but they also two would us so yeah that uh not man, to bring up bad mem- I'm do that, man i'm <laughs> sorry
2: oh, now, now you're just going to be zoned in on that the rest of the podcast <laughs> i'm going to be self-conscious about why didn't we do this
1: know, why why did we have to lose that man damn
2: it no but fighting pandas is certainly it's it, it, it hey it's 50 50 for a reason they're definitely one of these teams and again this is only an eight team tournament it's not the 16 like the major so you look at the all-around competition and you know if we weren't if we're saying not enigma and somebody else i i would maybe i, I don't know I can't say I will lean towards fighting pandas. I do think Gambit coming off that recent experience, even at the high level, certainly uh, vouches for them to have also a good opportunity to finish well, if not surprisingly, win it all. But um, you know, fighting pandas for me would be in that that right under them in that next tier, of course, of having a breakthrough in this tournament. So
1: I mean there's definitely this this tournament is a potential breakthrough for every team. I'd say any team that isn't Team Nigma that wins it is maybe other than Gambit, I guess Gambit's Kind of not, but all the other teams would be a huge Big deal accomplishment for them. Yeah. So even in IP, like if they were to win, that'd be a huge deal for them. Most notably Gunner being a carry player now from that lineup. Um, I'm very confident that he's a very good player. But just like watching him play carry a bit, mechanically skilled, you know, plays team fights really well. But there's a lot of carry matchups and like lane matchups that you just don't know unless you've played them. 10 times. Um, And the only worry I have about a player like him is that, you know, he's played mid lane his entire career. So naturally he's never played these matchups ever. So I was watching him a bit and um, I've just learned my own through my own failures that going into pro matches, if you don't exactly understand a matchup or exactly understand what you're supposed to do to push your advantage and the other guy does, it just, you look really bad. So that I'm 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 really concerned about that for NIP moving forward. Yeah, do you know much uh, about Tanner
2: by the way? The player Tanner? I himself? Absolutely. I was going to no. say, okay.
1: Uh, kind of like I've heard good things about him. That's but that's about it. You know, I've heard yeah. that he's an impressive player, but from my perspective I'm like I don't know like where they found this guy in the sense that like why him? You know, what yeah. what has he done to prove himself to PBD? So did something yeah, the best part about tanner somebody already mentioned in chat is is the is the memes in twitch chat you know the tanner from high school that's the best part about <laughs> i'm looking forward to watching some nip games and seeing some tanner from high school spammed in chat so. yeah
2: that's going to be fun um, okay so Roan we'll never give up, give up is definitely another team you have to at least give some consideration for. Of course, representing China, uh, a solid squad that they have right there, and uh, they they were in the they weren't in the major, I guess, last time around. But I believe they were at least in the, the last minor. Uh, as yeah, well. they were. Were they in the major?
1: Wait, did they? I actually need to check this. I don't even want to say yeah they were, uh, because. Mdl major,
2: right. I'm checking right here. Yeah, they were not in the major.
1: And Let's were they there. in the minor?
2: They were at. Uh, we're not at the minor. You're right. Yeah, okay. I was going to say I don't think they made either. That was just okay. IG. That's right. Obviously, IG. Yeah, I was like minor. they
1: weren't at the major for sure. And then I was. It was just IG at the minor. So they
2: came up short. Yeah, they they lost. Very in the qualifiers. competitive
1: region. It's not all that like alarming for a Chinese team to not make it because fifth best Chinese team is. By no means uh, could have a shot of winning this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw that with IG, right? Like yeah. fourth best Chinese team just came in and swept the field. So um, the fact that RNG made it out of the qualifiers this around, this time around, uh, I I don't know what to expect from from these teams. Like I look at so many of these teams and I'm just like, okay, you know. Are they going to overprepare for Team Enigma? Is some random squad like I'd I say RNG is probably in my top four, and are they just going to randomly lose to like Fighting Pandas because they're not worried about them? You know what? Because sure. there's definitely tier classes in this in this event, and I'm, like last minor on paper it seemed even, but then you just we kind of talked about IG being the standalone here. And I think it's interesting that North America only got two slots to the major this time, but I don't think their teams are good at all. Like <laughs> I thought, Chaos was like really going to make. A, I, I thought Chaos had a p- potential to win the last minor. Yeah. Obviously, getting second now, they're in the major. Um. But I, I, I don't think anyone other than RNG or Gambit can maybe take this off of Nigma. So I'm definitely gonna keep an eye out for RNG and Gambit, most notably.
2: Well, we we also really should and this is this is kind of rare where frankly we have group stage information at this point. Usually it takes yeah. it's like a day before that comes out, but we, we have it. And so we can talk about that here real quickly as far as yeah, the, the two groups. Group A, you're looking at Geek Fam, NIP, RNG, and Spirit. And then group B, you have fighting pandas, Furia. Gambit and Nygma. So, I mean, I look at those groups right there and personally, especially after what we're just sitting here talking about, I I definitely lean towards group B as being, as you always like to say, the group of death, whatever the harder group, Um, not only because Nigma's there, but Gambit Esports also happens to be in that same group. Uh, That's even less reason to have the expectation that a team like fighting Panda could move on uh, as only top two in the group, then move on to the playoff stage in the 14 playoff where then the, you find out the eventual champion so uh those are all the groups are set up and again me personally is i look at that group a double
1: elimination playoffs mm, it is double
2: elimination playoffs yes okay
1: okay okay i was confirming okay i was yes. confirming about that okay i was like i don't think they get eliminated in the group stage uh i was confused i must have misunderstood you there no
2: they do uh- they, they do get eliminated in the group stage though so oh, really? it, it, yeah, that's how it's working. Is it's a it's a GSL format that that's own double oh. elimination group stage, and then the bottom two teams are eliminated.
1: Oh, so. I see. Because it looks like like the teams. Okay, I now see what I'm seeing, Because I'm looking at the playoff bracket. And I'm like, it looks like they just do the normal thing where four teams go to the bottom. No, so you are eliminated. I I mean, I can't imagine Enigma Gambit not being the two teams out of Group B with Fighting Pandas and Furia just getting. I would say stomped by those two squads. I, I think that that's a like that gap in skill or whatever you want to call it. Sure. Caliber of these teams is just drastic. And the other group though, you know, you talked about geek fam NIP, RNG and team spirit. These are pretty much the four mid tier teams. I think they did a pretty good job with this uh, one, two and one group in my opinion, and, or maybe one, three gambit being second or third. And then all the other teams that are like, four through six or like three through six yeah. in terms of power ranking in this event are all in the same group. So I think that is actually pretty fair. So all these teams, geek fam, we talked to, we, you know, I think we're going to talk about Ryoya coming up here. i um, getting kicked right before the, right before the minor, you have the NIP roster swap as well. You have, um, what, like I, I think where i never give up is just a question mark for me because they haven't exactly done anything yet other than just qualified to a minor and then team spirits definitely like shaky. So, yeah, uh, I think that this could be anybody. Anybody could come out of this group. I, I don't I would not feel comfortable betting on two teams to come out of this group stage on group A.
2: Yeah, no, group B certainly the more obvious one when you when you do look at it it's it, that's where you almost feel bad it, it, to an extent for a team like fighting pandas, especially where it's like, if they replace any of the four teams in the other group and kind of swap them, then all of a sudden fighting pandas maybe has a pretty good shot of potentially moving into the playoffs at least, and who knows what can happen but point is that's not the case you've got to be matched up against somebody in the groups in the end and just happen to potentially get the tougher group as far as the obvious top two moving out so. Um, But you touched on it there, so we might as well transition. And something else I actually overlooked, too, on this topic of teams replacing players after they qualify for an event, in this case specifically a DPC event, and this being the minor, and replacing a player after they qualify, but before the actual event itself. And you even mentioned it with Tanner replacing... Uh, Skitter for NIP, and then now have her moved to position one. Tanner now playing position two for the team after they had qualified, and then for Geek Fam, Ryoya actually getting replaced by Carl. Carl, a uh, Filipino player himself, of course the organization you know is really from the Philippines or from Southeast Asia in general. But you have Raven and Cuckoo on that squad also from the Philippines. Point is, uh, Ryoya going over there from the Americas to play for a team like this, and then. As he pointed out in an interview, this this was caught off guard or he was caught off guard by this. And all of a sudden after Christmas break happens, he's informed that no longer part of the team and not gonna be attending the minor as a result. Now in his case, and I assume it's the same case for Skitter, uh, they are working on a deal in terms of the prize pool money, so they'll still get a portion of that, which is nice and, and frankly should be the case, obviously. But it does bring up the point of the discussion really of, should teams even be allowed to do this? The, the idea that they can remove a player after they qualify for an event and go in with a different roster just because they feel like it
1: i personally don't think so i think that rosters should be locked other than due to like you know medical reasons or something you know like real like the the problem is you know you give the argument that if the team mutually agrees meaning yeah. the player uh what's the word i'm looking for like the player amicably departs from the team um that the problem with that is that if if that kind of rule was put into place, then teams would just guilt trip the guy and say like, Hey, if you come play with us, we're just going to lose anyway," Or like, we're not going to like, you know, you're going to look terrible anyway, all this kind of stuff. They will do that. I know, I know teams are very good at ganking, ganging, ganging up on one player um, when things are tough. Um, And so I don't think there's a way to like protect them in ways that say, Hey, as long as it's on their own terms, they're allowed to get kicked. So, at that point, you have to basically say to a team, "You're not allowed to change, no matter what. We don't care." Um, and you'd have to draw like a very distinct line, saying, "No roster changes, no matter what." And if you lose a ro- if you lose a player, other than a magical medical emergency, then you have to back out of the tournament. You know, like that would be what would they would have to do, in my opinion, to actually accomplish. Mm-hmm keeping players from getting kicked before the event. I think it would have to be very drastic, something very over the top. And if they don't do that, it's just not going to work. So at that point, it, it comes to the argument that, is it even worth crafting if I know Valve's not going to do that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you can never act like, you can never think like that, BSJ.
1: Yeah, I know. I else know they'll I know. never potentially
2: tough. do it, but you're probably right, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it some some things can be solved by like a simple mandate of a rule or something. I feel like this would take an entire shift in in the rule book entirely like just entirely. It would change a lot of rules and it would change a lot of the dynamics of how teams approach everything because they would have to change that. And uh yeah, I just I I think it should not happen. I think it's messed up that you can put all the time and effort into qualifying for an event have the excitement of making it to the event and then just not even being in the event I think that's yeah. messed up um, and the fact that it's still happening is is sad that's how I look at it yeah it's
2: there it, this is definitely something that that would certainly require almost a deeper discussion so not to get too deep in it but of course there, there's even the argument of this is why you know we need something like a players association and and more better contracts to be signed for the players in the first place to not even allow this to happen but as you brought up and that that's definitely a direction i was thinking as well and which you know w- will they in the end maybe maybe not but you valve needing to step in and making it more strict when it comes to the roster rules for their DPC-specific events, saying if you qualify with a certain roster, you go to that event with that specific roster. And that in itself is almost Valve stepping in and protecting the players. There's been examples. I I remember one way back in the day for TI. It was maybe TI3. It was the old-school Fanatic Squad, where I believe it was Era, uh, the player Era. For some reason, um, you know, he was removed from the team or something like that. Or I, I can't really remember the specifics on that one. So a more recent one would be ti Uh, That would have been TI8 with Empire, of course, most famously Resolution coming in and playing for Empire as a result of Chappie not being able to attend the event. But frankly, I I don't think it ever really came out 100% why that was the case. It was maybe some of these issues, but I I heard behind the scenes it was more of a Empire kind of just felt like they would be better off with Resolution. (laughs) And so they kind of made that work for their benefit in the end. So that teams will do this and it's understandable they'll do it because they have the power, they have the ability to do this and whether or not. So, so implementing a rule from valve to sit here and be like, you have to go to the same five players unless it's like a medical issue or whatever. The unfortunate thing is I don't even know if that is necessarily enough because you will potentially have teams around that saying, oh, well, it was a medical issue or it was a VC issue or whatever, even though it may not have been in the end, they just use that as that simple excuse. So I I think it's almost unfortunate to say, but even if Valve steps in and gives that ruling, it needs to be more to it in terms of the players side of things with said player association or whatever comes from that with their contracts specifically with the teams needing to just be that much stronger and that much more in their favor. Or else it's just going to keep happening at this point.
1: I mean, I would even be fine if Valve says, like, teams are required to pay the five players that qualified equally, meaning that, like, maybe they could just make it about money. Because I think the, the core root of the problem is, is that if you have a group of Dota players that don't want to play with one guy, that team has absolutely no chance of being successful. I've been on teams like that where people harbor ill wills towards one player, because they don't enjoy playing with them, don't get along with them. And at that point, if you've reached that point, there's no salvaging the situation. Like the, yeah. you just have to kick one of the two participating parties. And uh, my point being is that everything you said, I agree with, that it's just not going to work because I, I really do think it's because of that reason that teams will always realize that they'll find a way like they will find a way. And unless, and even it might not even be good. If valve required teams to stay together, because that wouldn't give us the best Dota in the sense that maybe, you know, before qualifiers, they just had to find somebody to play and it wasn't their optimal player. And are you really going to punish them for having such short time between two events? You know, like that's also another debate because it's kind of goes from one major right into the next cycle. Um, but the big thing for me would be considering the money, you know, I think as of now, most times when somebody gets kicked, they get like last place money um, for the event. That's usually what I think they do something along those lines. But I think if, you know, if he was a part of geek fam and geek fam wins it, he should get his, he should get his championship. Like I I think the player that's coming in for them, like I think he should get paid. So if you're going to swap rosters, you're, dividing everyone's paycheck from 20% to 16%, you know, you're all losing a fifth of what you would have won in the event. And I think that most teams will be willing to make that sacrifice if they think that that one fifth is still going to be more than what they would have made with that other player. But then it comes down to an actual decision for these players. You know, there's, there's ups and downs about choosing either direction right now. It feels like, why wouldn't you exactly like you said, like, why wouldn't you, if you think you have a better player or a better option why wouldn't you kick them? Mm-hmm. I, there's no reason not to. And I think that that's the problem is there's no deterrent. There's no argument to not do it. And that's that's if they can creatively work around that. I think that's how they fix it.
2: Yeah, it's again, it's it's definitely a topic that can go uh, much deeper. Uh, In the end, and maybe something to talk about or keep uh, keep an eye on for the future to see if it does continue to happen. Because, like we said, this isn't the first time it's happened, and it certainly will not be the last, where a player is uh, ultimately removed after qualifying with said team um, and uh, not getting to participate in the event itself. But yeah, making it about a money is, is certainly at least a good start. And. No specifics are coming out, but yeah, you would hope that at least in both Skidder's case as well as Ryoya, they're getting their fair share for helping said teams qualify, at least for the events in the end. So uh, but that, that's just a, kind of a sore subject going into the event. Overall, this minor is certainly uh, an event to, to look forward to. We're getting back into Dota. We're getting back in the swing of things after a new year and uh, the holiday break and everything, and obviously on the new patch. Yes, we've had an event, but now it's now it's serious time, I guess you could say. You know, this is DPC points. This is ultimately that TI10 spot on the line, uh, you know, way down the road, and teams uh, competing for that, so. That's what we got to look forward to, and that all starts on Thursday. Um, any so one other subject before uh, potentially even wrapping up here in the near future uh, on the Wii place side of things was uh, anything meta-wise that maybe we should expect to see specifically that we learned from the esports one event, or something that you would almost like to see after seeing the esports one event. And now that we've had a little bit of time, is there something that may pop up? You think? at this event that we didn't see as much put it that way
1: um my personal opinion is that the carry hero pool is really small i also think that the offlane hero pool is very fragile so when you combine what i mean by that is most offlaners other than pretty much like doom are very susceptible to just getting dumpstered 3v1 you know like or even in a 2v2 bad lane or something um so i think what this leads to is this meta even more so than usual requiring you to pick super op laners that just get what they get um early on in the draft like these Tiny pucks trees um you know tree obviously not getting his himself as a support but he like secures one of his teammates the lane um because you need to be able to delay that offlane pick as much as possible or at least guarantee it a decent lane and then the hero Pool for carries since it's so small it doesn't really benefit you to last pick a carry because by that point all the good carries are just gone you know they're not in the hero pool anymore so my point is that I'm a little bit concerned that the meta is just going to be even more stale than it already is um, and I'm hoping that I'm wrong but I think that we're going to see Slark Morphling be 80% of the carry eight, Slark Morphling peel almost every game we're going to see, you know, in terms of supports, Venge, Tree, like almost every single game, maybe some IOs in there. I think Wyvern's also very good. And then we're going to see the Pucks. We're going to see, um, I think, Underlord's going to make a, a huge appearance. If I had to make one pick about, like, what hero is going to be okay. seeing a ton of play, it's going to be Underlord. Uh, I think he's really good against everything that's good. And that's, like I said, in my opinion, what teams will do is they'll find Heroes that are just really good against the broken heroes. You know, damage reduction against Tiny. You have the root against these Pucks, Slarks, and Morphlings. The damage, like the base stats, all these heroes rely heavily on their base stats to do damage. So, um, yeah, I just, I'm hoping that the meta is not too stale, but I do think that the, the, the broken heroes are on their own tier right now. And I'm, I'm a little upset that valve didn't balance based on the one e sports tournament. Cause I know it's not a valve event, but I think it was pretty clear how favored some of these heroes were. And I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think any of them were a fluke. So Sure.
2: One other thing to keep in mind on what you're saying there, too, is that, yes, this is the first DPC event since the patch, especially. But to be fair, it's it's the minor and, you know, nothing against the teams, obviously. uh, Maybe not as high-tier competition as the major, but it's also only eight teams compared to 16. And with the format, it is pretty limiting in the amount of matches that we are going to see. We're going to see many more matches at the major, which is a couple weeks to follow, of course, the DreamHack major right there. So uh, that's something else to keep in mind. This should help be a preview. Though ideally, as far as what to expect ultimately at that major coming up around the corner as well, but yeah, excited for it again with this new patch and everything. I know myself and many others are certainly intrigued to see what the what the, what the top players are going to be doing with set strategies uh, from from the uh, neutral items themselves to all the objectives and the and what heroes, as you're pointing out there, we're likely to see as well. Underlord is definitely one that I, I am hopeful for as well. And, uh, especially if you play in the the idea, using his ultimate aggressively with that dark rift can be
1: a lot of fun to watch. And so, any global mobility, I think, is going to be really strong. So, sure. Underlord yeah. fits that perfectly. Spectre's way. coming back. No, <laughs> sorry, that hero. That hero's too bad. Like the thing about Spectre is, she just takes too many items and like too long to be a hero. Like the IOs. The Underlords, they're so fast in terms of the pace of the game that they're trying to set. So they just buy some teamfight items, some heal-sustain items, and they're doing their job. Spectre, on the other hand, is like a carry that needs time, and she's not like a threat until she has that time. And I don't think this patch is about, like, turtling. I don't think the Tinkers, the Spectres of the world, most notably, like, Zeus either. Like, yeah, Zeus, I think, is actually kind of situational, but most of these heroes that their ideal way of playing the game is by kind of turtling until they come online. I don't think those heroes are good right now. Fair enough.
2: All right. all starts Thursday, guys. And uh, BSJ, again, you're going to be leaving on a plane even later today. So want to thank Ooh. you once again. I know not to, not to really remind you there, but hey, like I said, hopefully get some good rest on the plane and wake up. And all of a sudden you're in Ukraine and – on a ski resort, looking forward to <laughs> casting some Dota and some awesome mountains. And hitting the slopes. Hitting the slopes, indeed. I'm sure they're going to have you do that. Like I said, you get a couple of days before the event starts, as we're just finding out now, too. So I'm sure some ski time is uh, is of potential for you I'm right ready. there.
1: But... My body is ready. It's good to hear, man. Anything else before we officially wrap up? uh nothing major really for me man i'm i'm excited for this event uh for all the reasons we've talked about i I, even if the meta is kind of stale i always love dota in general and being a part of the scene and getting to see up close and analyze these games so I, i always look forward to it so i'm looking forward to it once again and uh i guess i'll see you guys there at the minor if not actually there you know on the screen or whatever so uh yeah that's it for me man all right, have fun with uh, the
2: WePlay staff there again. They are a gr- great group of guys, and I'm sure you are going to enjoy the event and look forward to that production once again myself, as I know many tuning in are. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to wrap up with the podcast, though, for this week. Like I said, obviously a Sunday podcast special edition uh, with uh, with the circumstances. Speaking of that, next week may also – we're still trying to figure out uh, maybe Monday, possibly Tuesday, sometime in the week, because obviously with BSJ them returning, that could also affect scheduling there as well. But uh, the point is, we definitely plan to be back next next week for another podcast and continue things going as the season moves along right here. So enjoy the minor. We'll be on next time to of course, recap the minor and then start previewing that major amongst other topics that uh, happen to come up as well. So shout out to you guys for tuning in, have a good night day, wherever you are, enjoy the minor and we will see you next time. here on the Wombo Combo podcast until then, ladies and gentlemen.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about.